Hey guys, welcome to my podcast, What They Don't Teach You in School. My name is A.T. Martel. Here with my good friend, Miguel Lara from San Mateo. Uh, Miguel, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi everyone, my name is Miguel. Um, I am a 23-year-old. Uh, invested very young and I'm very interested to see what's going to happen in the future because investing is something, a big part of my life. And um, I'm happy that A.T. put me on this podcast. Uh, so I could kind of tell my story and, you know, kind of tell people what worked for me, what didn't work for me, and future plans with everything else. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Sounds good. So why don't you tell everyone uh, where you're investing right now? So um, at a young age, um, I saved up enough to put a down payment on a uh, duplex in Oakland. So I kind of bought it when the market was kind of going up, which was... Um, I, I guess I wish I would have done it earlier, but be, due to my age and to the funds that I didn't have, I couldn't, but I was glad I did it when I did. When, uh, when was th it? This was in 2017. Okay. 2017, yeah. Okay. So I was 20 years old at that time. And um, yeah, it, it, the, the revenue that I get from it month to month has just been helpful with my life because um, it's, it's an extra in, uh, source of income. Um, mm. I don't have to put so much time into it other than what I already did. And it's just basically paying off by himself. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's cool. How much was the down payment? If you don't mind me asking. Um, the down payment was about almost 80. Almost 80. Okay. Wow. So yeah. I, I did get a first time home buyer discount and mm -hmm. um, it, it, it didn't help that I was young. Um, mm -hmm. Banks did not like to see that I only had, you know, uh, a credit, for two years, mm -hmm. um, but I did have good credit at the time, and um, I was thankful enough to have a uh, good co-signer that helped okay. me out with it. Um, but you know, th th those things kind of come in hand when you're actually looking for a place like that because um, I didn't do like a quick buy flip or anything like that. It was you know big jumbo loan, um, mm -hmm. and I still own to this day. So that kind of started me off with uh, learning what I have to do preparing myself to buy a place like this and then overall still maintaining the place because you could, you know, buy a place and have it sitting there. But if you're not maintaining it, if you're not keeping it up, people aren't going to want to live there. That's true. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. Okay, cool. So is that the only property you have right now or did you <clears throat> get another one? So that's the only property I own right now. Okay. Um, I was fortunate enough to where I, I wanted a place where I can make the most money I can out of it. Because um, it, it's expensive to buy here. Yeah. Um, you, you need to have a lot of income or a big down payment to put down on it. So what I was able to do um, with the duplex, got both units out, rented, and then I was able to build uh, two studios on the property. Mm -hmm. So you could imagine instead of, you know, just collecting two incomes, um, now I'm collecting four. Yeah. So in a way, it's kind of like I bought two, or I guess two, two duplexes and mm -hmm. I was just able to kind of keep them all in one place. Yeah, that's good. And that means they're start sharing all the same utilities and everything like that. Uh, somewhat, it's split between two. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, so one like of the studios is connected to, to one of the units and you know, they split their utilities and that's its own address. And then the other mm -hmm. unit is split out the same way. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. So how much, how much are you bringing home like net after every month? Do you know? Um, it's so I mean obviously I still have a mortgage out for it so I, yeah, yeah of course part of that has to go to that but it's 
roughly about seven to eight thousand a month. Oh wow, that's yeah. like the whole thing. The whole thing. Wow, nice. Yeah, so it, it gives me a little bit of leisure because <clears throat> I mean, when when you put that much down on a down payment, mm-hmm. not including the renovation, not including the building for the two other studios, it's I I don't see that money yet. I probably mm-hmm. won't start seeing that money really come in, maybe ten years down the road. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if you really think about it, ten years down the road, uh, the mortgage would be basically paid off by itself. 10 years and I would just owe the next 20 years, which mm-hmm. with the revenue that's coming in, I may be able to pay it off in 10 more years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah well, if the market keeps going up and stuff, then, you know, exactly. see what, we'll see what the rent is eventually, but yeah, whenever uh, it crashes. <laughs> Oakland, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that Oakland does well. Uh-huh. I'm really hoping that they just keep going up and it, it it's in the Bay Area. That, that was my it, main key when I was looking for a place. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot of the people advising me were like, no, go further, go more, more north if you want to. But mm-hmm. I wanted to stay kind of in the bubble where people that live there would either commute to the peninsula or commute to good paying jobs because mm-hmm. the whole point of having a place, it's, it's, I, I've seen it happen where people buy and then they just don't have renters because of the area. Yeah. And sense. it has to do a lot with like jobs. So if you're at a location where there's no really public transportation, um, the highways are you know very far out, people mm-hmm. aren't going to want to live there because yeah, it's not convenient for them and their families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oakland also has bar and everything like that too, so Correct. that definitely helps. Oh yeah, and um, the place that I bought is actually down the street. It's like five minutes away from the airport too. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, yeah, so it's okay. it's convenient. You kind of have everything in the middle there. Uh huh. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I feel like Oakland, like SF and stuff, what, like even if the market crashes, I feel like people are definitely still going to be, it's still going to be hot. People are still going to be looking there constantly. Like, you know, I feel like there's still jobs and pouring in the Bay Area. So, yeah. And, and, and a lot of people still say, like, do you really think there's going to be a stock market or, you know, or a, a market crash? And mm-hmm. what I tell them is there probably will be. I don't mm-hmm. think the Bay Area will be affected that much by it. Yeah. because we're just growing in such a big pace that if, mm-hmm. if there is one we won't see too much of a downfall mm-hmm. but my whole goal is even if there is a little bit like one percent two percent down here in the barrier that's probably when i'll rebuy again because mm-hmm. just everything's so expensive right now that's true mm-hmm. makes sense makes sense okay cool are you gonna buy an open again or <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think I think uh, Oakland is def- definitely an interesting place. They have different rules that I was not used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, oh, city codes. Yeah, they, they they have a lot of different stuff. I I went through a lot of obstacles with mm-hmm. that place because of Oakland County. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't probably have if I bought maybe in Hayward or San Leandro or even Richmond, which are neighbor cities to the, or if I would have kept my money in the other side which is the peninsula side mm-hmm. um but the only problem is that it's a lot more expensive in yeah, our area here, <laughs> which is the, i guess we could consider it the peninsula yeah. area, than it is on that side yeah but i don't think i would i don't think i would buy again in oakland no definitely. oh wow okay yeah interesting yeah yeah i actually remember um a few years back when we started, uh, when we were originally like investing and looking in the Bay Area, I think we were looking at a flip in Oakland and they were saying like, yeah, like the city codes were just backed up like 
um, like like a year or something like that before you can get any kind of like anything accepted, any kind of codes or anything like that. So it's, it's wow. a special thing, and especially with the with the population kind that they have there. Mm-hmm. I this this is something that happened to me recently too. Um, they have Oakland isn't the best city in the world. Obviously, a lot of people heard bad things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what their re- rules and regulation is, um, because they have such a high p- poverty rate, um, any time that you have renters that want to live there, and for whatever reason, even if you give them a lease and it's printed on the lease that whatever, you know, if they don't leave, you know, they do have to leave. There's actually, um, the city protects them a lot more. So I had renters who, yeah, who, who definitely were like, we're not paying anymore. We're just going to, we, we, they call them squatters. They basically sat in my place. They were like, we're not paying you anything. And by law, I wasn't allowed to kick them out till three months later. Mm -hmm. And months later with, uh, real estate attorneys and going to the city, it's such a hassle. Mm -hmm. So anybody, I, I would recommend this, anybody who's looking to, have a place to rent out, definitely read over the uh, rules and regulation that the city has for stuff like that. Um, because that was a shocker for me. Even yeah. I always assumed, you know, if I had a proper lease, it was terms and conditions on there that if they didn't pay, you know, they would have to leave. I, I, I think I remember on the lease, it was like a, like a one month after, but no, yeah, the city like 30 days. just really, really protects them a lot more. And they, they, they didn't even want to work with me. To legally kick someone out in Oakland takes about three months, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So th- there's so much steps that you have to go through to make yeah. it legally. Um, you have to like send them a paper and then you actually have to hire a company to physically give them one. And then um, then if they don't accept it, then you could go to court. Um, and then the court decides whether the eviction is correct and not correct. Um, there's even things where like, if, if it's like un unlawfully, you're, you're kicking them out for something just personal. Mm-hmm. Um, they're legally able to stay in the property or you have to pay for, I think like a month or two, uh, at their new place. Oh, really? But yeah. Oh, okay. it, it, yeah. It, there, there's so much, but every, everything, everything comes down to the overall thing is if you could afford good attorneys, um, mm-hmm. being defendant, being the tenants, if they want to go through that process, it's long, long and expensive. So yeah, yeah. a lot of people don't. So after what they see is like, oh, the world we'll get three months basically for free of living, uh-huh. which yeah, yeah. as an investor, it's definitely not what you want. You know, that's three months that money's not coming in. That's basically just sitting there. And yeah. normally, normally um, you have to understand that the tenants who, do something like this normally aren't the best tenants so they don't yeah. <laughs> they don't keep up with with the house so once they do leave you're they they, leave, they can leave everything behind you know literally anything yeah and things can be broken things cannot be maintained um so you still have to pay out of pocket to get everything back up and running yeah and yeah, they can and, be mad too that you're kicking them out and then like fuck it up even more exactly uh, i've heard stories of people putting um people pouring cement down the down the toilets and then the whole the whole sewage is completely cemented and then like they tear it out yeah that's <laughs> and thankfully that um, to that extent hasn't gone to uh-huh. uh, we, we've we've encountered especially in oakland 
um, a lot of bad tenants. So definitely what I, what I always tell people, if you are going to invest in a place that you're not going to be living in, because um, from San Mateo to Oakland, it's not too far away, but I just mm -hmm. wouldn't want to live over there because my family's here, my wife is here, my jobs are here. So there's no point in me living there. Um, and it cuts down on, uh, I guess, my, my, my income, my passive income, because then I'd be living in a place when I could be renting it out. Instead. Yeah. So mm -hmm. th that, th all those things come to factor when, when it comes to looking for a place, doing your research, finding a good place where, you know, with, with our units, we were lucky enough to where we didn't have to do a lot of major stuff. It was mm -hmm. more cosmetic. Okay. Um, and and those, those are kind of like the fine line things that you should always take in consideration when you are going to be putting a lot of money towards a place that you are going to call your own kind of, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. Are you investing in that property with your dad, or is it just yours? Or so, your so I was so like I said when I when I first bought the place, it was very mm -hmm. hard for me. Uh, the age, the credit history, um, my income was also a factor because at twenty I was working at uh, banks at the time and I was still going to school. Mm -hmm. So my co-signer was actually an uncle of mine. Okay, and we had agreed that once he, he was going to help me mm. and he was going to take one of the units and I was going to get the other units. Mm -hmm. Um, but we also agreed that if I was going to be able to, um, kind of pay him off, you know, to just basically just say, Hey, you know what, on the grand deed, uh, I'm no longer there. Uh, he would agree to that. yeah, pay him out for it. Mm -hmm. So when, when I did do the, uh, when I did do the loan, I think I was, uh, I think I was like $25,000 short from what my agent had told me, oh, you should put this down so, you know, your payments are less and everything. So that's where he came in and put his money down. Uh, a couple months afterwards, once we started collecting back the money and I was still working, I was able to buy him out in mm -hmm. a way. Nice. So the, and then we refinanced just under my name because I was already the owner of it. Mm -hmm. um, so now it's just strictly just me. Okay. Uh, he, you know, he, invested in other places with the money that we gave him and you know, he's still doing well yeah um, okay in other properties that's good yeah, but that's always a good thing if you have a co-signer um especially at a young age it definitely helps out a lot yeah definitely <clears throat> especially nowadays i feel like the people are getting way more picky especially in the bay area as well you mm -hmm. know you can get people that work at google and stuff easily people are always looking for houses and Google keeps expanding Facebook all that stuff so exactly uh, and the problem is a lot of people in the Bay Area <clears throat> it, it's such a hot market where you could be bidding on a place and you could have you know perfect credit score great co-signer great down payment mm -hmm. and once once you feel like you're about to get the place someone could just come around you with cash and buy out the whole place you yeah know? and and that's it and now, now you're stuck with nothing and you got to go through the whole process all over again and try to find a different place. And yeah, it, it, it takes a lot of time. And especially <laughs> in the Bay Area, it's just very competitive. Yeah. A lot of people are seeing that people are willing to pay good money yeah. for the area. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, and, and it's a great place. Don't get me wrong. Living in the Bay Area, I, like I said, I wasn't born here. I came here at a young age and I think it's probably, I, I've never lived anywhere else, but I think it's definitely a great place for for someone like me that I that I never came to America 
-hmm. not knowing much things, but I learned a lot in just being here compared if I feel like if I went somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I think it's the same kind of with like my family as well. Like, like we were from Canada, we were born in Canada, me and my brother, and then we moved down here. So I think being here too, like definitely helped, um, like broaden our vision of being in the Bay area as well, because it's very techy and like, you know, fast paced, it was growing and stuff. So, um, definitely, I definitely think that was, um, a benefit for us as well. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Were you born in America or were you born somewhere else? So I was actually born in Guatemala. It's, okay. uh, south of mexico north of el salvador it's uh, mm -hmm. central america um and that's where i was born my parents are from and basically our whole family's from there okay uh, i came to america uh to the year 2000 i was three or four years old uh when we first came here and it was just me my mom my dad mm -hmm. and we we struggled it was it was a lot it was a lot of change mm -hmm. and you know i i, can, I could go into detail as to say we came here like the tour, like normally people say with nothing you know nothing on our bags just you know the clothes that we had on us mm -hmm. we actually lived in a uh, in a trailer house in someone's driveway for like the first i want to say like the first year we were here mm -hmm. and um my parents actually they they put me to school and the, the plan wasn't ever for us to stay here forever mm -hmm. the plan was they were going to work make their money go back to our country and live a little better mm -hmm. um but once i started going to school here and then they started seeing all the opportunities that they had um my parents were very lucky that they both started their own well my mom started her own business which was a house cleaning business mm -hmm. and my dad got in the trade of construction mm -hmm. and they they're very determined people so once they start doing something they like to perfect it mm -hmm. so my mom's business started growing very rapidly uh, my dad started you know, scaling up the ladder with, uh, with positions in construction. Mm -hmm. And once they started to see that and they were happy that I was uh, liking the school and, and I kind of got used to the whole change, they decided to stay. Mm -hmm. So between then and probably around 2009, um, they, they very, they, they, they wouldn't spend it on anything. We lived in a very small apartment, just us. We wouldn't, you know, spurge on having nice things or anything like that they mm -hmm. were very smart mm -hmm. and their whole dream was to own a house here and and th this is one of those things where you kind of like what i like to say it's they took the opportunity when they had it the mm -hmm. whole market crashed in 2008 so as soon as that happened because they had a lump sum of money already saved up mm -hmm. they started just going i guess you could call it on a shopping spree for places Mm -hmm. So we bought our first house, the one that I'm currently in right now in 2010. And because everything was so cheap, you know, like the house, when we bought, the, when they bought this house, it's half the price that it is right now. Mm -hmm. So and cheap. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It, I mean, the house was at one or now it's like at one point something million and mm -hmm. it was like 500 something. Mm -hmm. So once they saw that they were able to buy a place here and they were like, you know what, let's just fix it. This will be our house they started buying other places around. Um, so they, that's kind of their foot in the door when, mm -hmm. it, when they started real estate investing. Uh, they waited for the right opportunity. They went for it. They are still doing very successful with all their properties. Mm -hmm. And I guess that kind of pushed me and it kind of enlightened me that, wow, there's actually a future with buying property. 
because mm-hmm. we were never in the they they never really bought and sold they just bought mm-hmm. you know? so they, they want the the i guess the monthly income the passive income that you could get off it they, they weren't trying to make fast money and mm-hmm. go buy more things they were just like no we want the places we want to own them 30 years down the road you know if we decide to sell them we could live in them you know your kids could live in there whatever you know it's it's going to be a paid off house mm-hmm. so um I, I guess the, the reason why I started investing was my mom at a young age, uh, I started working at 15 while I was still going to high school. I, I think I met you in high school, huh? Yeah. Well, we knew each other in like middle school, but yeah. Oh yeah. Middle school. And then yeah. saw each other more in high school and then we went to college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this like very crazy thing. When I started working, my mom, she, she would actually confiscate all my checks. That I would, oh, that really? I would and I never understood why and I hated it because you know a, a kid with you know having some money it's like oh we could go do something and stuff like that and yeah, I never really understood it. <laughs> yeah, anything you know you could buy food you could buy uh, all the nice pair of shoes and everything that you ever wanted yeah. um, but she would take the check go cash it out for me and then she would give me like not even a third of it you know yeah, yeah. like this is what you this is what you have and i never understood and it, it always used to piss me off i would like try to you know steal back the checks or something <laughs> not give it to her and i was like oh i didn't get paid this week yeah, she was yeah. pretty smart where like she knew where i hid things and uh-huh. and i never understood it <laughs> so between like 15 till i was like 18 because that's when i graduated high school mm-hmm. after i graduated high school um i wanted like a level entry job so like the work field, I guess, you know, I always worked at restaurants before that. And I, I was lucky enough where old high school teacher of mine saw me working at this restaurant, gave me the opportunity to work at a, at a bank. And mm-hmm. my first place that I worked at was Bank of the West. And I was there for a couple months, didn't like the pace. It was a very slow branch. Mm-hmm. Um, then ended up moving to Wells Fargo. And in that transition stage, um, I kind of wanted to figure out what I wanted to do in life because banking is a great job, great way for you to go to school and still make some money mm-hmm. and it looks good on resumes. So, um, my mom always told me, you know, just invest your money, be a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. So that's what I planned on doing. And that's where we took classes together at yeah. Mateo. So we were actually in the same course, taking the same classes to get a real estate license. Mm-hmm. And while I was at, Wells Fargo, um, I used to talk a lot with the mortgage people there just to kind of get an inner scoop of like what really is real estate or what, what it takes to like own property and the steps and all the, all the risk factors and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a way it was, I was going to school to learn about real estate, but I also had kind of like a, like a hands-on experience mm-hmm. where I could ask anybody, Hey, this is what I, you know, what is this? Or how do you do this? Or like, what do you say about something like this? Yeah. Like different, um, like you have like out of school class. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's always the biggest thing. Like I said, when you do your research, when you buy a place, the homework behind it is so important. Definitely. It's, it's, it's probably the, the biggest thing you could ever, ever want to do, especially mm-hmm. if you're throwing that much money into something, or even if it's something very small, if you know the ins and outs of it, mm-hmm you probably will end up winning at the end because you, because I'll say this. Um, so I wanted to be a real estate agent, switched on banks. I left Wells Fargo and I started working at a credit union and I was making a little bit more money, which I was happy with. And for those kind of two, almost three years, mm-hmm. um, I didn't spend a single dollar. I spent it very, very 
stingily, I guess you could say, because I never, yeah, for really, I never really bought a lot of crazy things. I wasn't hanging out with a lot of friends at that point. It was a lot of just committing to wanting to put that money into something. Mm-hmm. That's good. And the reason why I wanted to become a real estate agent was because I wanted to buy my own place and not have to give a commission out to yeah, some yeah. other guy, <laughs> you know, him making money off me when I could have saved that money. Yeah. Um, that, that was a whole vision. And, um, and then 2007, yeah, mid 2007, I, I started to start branching out because after you, after you do get your real estate license, you still have to go through a program with whatever firm you end up going with. Um, I met this really cool guy who also uh, started off like me, nothing. He just wanted to get his foot in the door with real estate. And he started to advise me on where I should put some money, how I should do it and everything. We got very close. Mm-hmm. And he worked for a firm, a real estate firm that I wanted to work for. Um, but I had a change of heart closer to the end or after after I was finished with all the courses where I didn't want to do real estate so much because I wanted to be an agent. I just wanted to learn more about it. And mm-hmm. I felt like I had grasped the knowledge of what is real estate. Mm-hmm. And once I told him that, he goes, you know what? If it's not something for you, don't do it. You're not going to like it. Yeah. Before you know you're going to waste your time, your money, your energy. Go do something else. Mm-hmm. So we started looking for, he started helping me look for a place. He, he wasn't our, he's not, we, we have like a, I guess you'd call him like a, our agent, our real estate agent that helped my parents and he helped mm-hmm. me buy my place. So we, he was able to kind of guide me mm-hmm. um, and tell me where is a good place to put my money. And that's when the Oakland place came around because things were starting to go up around 2007. Obviously the bubble, you know, the crash was a while ago where things were like slowly, you know, skyrocketing. People people in the peninsula started to see their houses value go very, very high. So Mm -hmm. um, that's why I ended up wanting to move to Oakland so I could find a place out there because I thought, well, people are commuting from Hayward, from the East Bay down to the peninsula. It's a great way for me to start there. Mm-hmm. And it was the best thing I probably did in that whole, in that whole time. I, I did never, re- I never got my uh, real estate license. Um, I just kind of basically winged it and said, let's just put my money in this. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, so you never actually got your license. You just took all the courses. Okay, I, took okay. all the, I got my certificate through, yeah, yeah. I guess, the college, mm-hmm. um, but I never fully committed to taking the state board exam or anything like that. Yeah. Um, which in a long run, like I, I kind of regret it sometimes cause I'm like, well, it would have been nice for me to even have a real estate license uh-huh. um, because my idea now it's flipping houses cause my dad's a contractor. Uh-huh. So we could, I would buy the place he would sell it. But at that moment in, in, in that moment of my life, it's uh-huh. just something that I didn't want to do. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I was like a realtor for, like two two years ish um and then i just i didn't like it either after a while i was um i didn't like being like locked like landlocked you know every single time i'd go on vacation or something then i would be like then someone would call me and be like hey can you come check out our house or something and it's like i'm like I'm, I'm on vacation and then it's like okay we'll call the next guy and then it's, yeah it was it's just it wasn't for me uh i'm more into the investing i could work from anywhere work from hawaii if mm-hmm. I wanted to, I'd see my computer and my, my phone. Good to go. Yeah, that's, it, that's literally the, the key right there. It's if you like what you're doing, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, definitely. If you appreciate what, what you're doing, you know, 
with yourself and how everything around you is going. I, I, I never consider that work. Mm-hmm. I think you're just enjoying life and doing what you want to do instead of mm-hmm. what you know, someone else wants you to do, I guess you could say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think if if you're just doing whatever makes you happy and you're like happy doing it or, you know, even if you're not happy doing it, but you're just exploring and you're trying to figure shit out, then just keep doing it. Just keep doing you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Kind of spiel <laughs> words of wisdom from atn yeah i'll quote that all right miguel so do you have any kind of future endeavors that you're looking to accomplish within the next 10 20 years anything like that um definitely um I, I hopefully. Kind of, yeah definitely hopefully. um I, i'm definitely not wanting to stop investing in real estate i think it's a promising thing mm-hmm. with real estate it's there is a there is a margin where losing is is a factor but with real estate regardless if you're not making thousands of dollars a month even if you're making fifty dollars a month at the end of the day if that place is getting paid out by itself you will have a place to live you'll never be homeless because you could have a place where it's already paid out or if you have renters there's always there's always a room for income with those things mm-hmm. um so i definitely future wise i definitely still want to invest uh my goal before turning 25, which is in two years, um, I definitely want to own another place, but I definitely want to buy in the peninsula. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully okay. a duplex so I could live there and rent out the other unit. Okay. Um, but the, w- the way that the market's going right now, there's jobs are unbelievable right now. You can, you can find a job anywhere. You don't have to even have, you know, school credit. You can literally download an app, start working for a place, start making money. So when it comes to those things, I, I see the job opportunities growing. So I, I own half the stakes on a construction company right now. Um, and construction in the, in the Bay Area is amazing. Mm-hmm. Everyone has money enough to renovate. Mm-hmm. Um, and with, real, with, with construction, it's you renovate a place now, and you for sure know that between 20 and 30 years, they're going to remodel it again. Yep. So if you build a good clientele now, you have them for the rest of your life, basically, in, in, in terms of speak. Yeah. Um, so definitely keeping construction as one of my biggest, I guess you could say, my day-to-day money, mm-hmm. uh, because that will probably be something that I'll do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and overall, just owning as much as, the, as much as I can with construction, because mm-hmm. um, we strive with our business. Uh, because we have everything in-house. We don't subcontract a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You subcontract plumbers, electricians, draw, drywall guys, cement guys. There's a profit and margin that you're losing yeah. because the other guy's making the money off it. There's, there's mm-hmm. a middleman between yeah. all that. There's another contractor. Mm-hmm. So that's my whole goal is to try to just take the whole construction and have it internally. So dump trucks, uh, excavators, and stuff like that. All mm-hmm. those things are are costly when it comes to uh, the overall numbers. Yeah. So I want to be able to control a lot of that in mm-hmm. the company. So my next thing is to, uh, I want to own a couple dump trucks. Um, I have to get licensed for all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's where, that's where I would say the money that you invest in real estate, you kind of use to put into something else mm-hmm. because none of that stuff is cheap. Yeah. Um, so even though, like I said, I'm, I'm still in the negative after I, after I bought the place, because I won't see any profit, I guess, till afterwards. 
-hmm. But if I use the profit that I'm making right now and not put it back in my pocket to put into something, it's basically like I took a loan out on myself that I'm paying mm -hmm. off by myself, not paying any interest on it, that I'm basically being able to put somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So for 2020, that's, that's definitely my goal. Um, I've been working a lot with more people that are in the, in the investment um, field where they mm -hmm. like to put their money on a lot of things. So that's something that I might want to do stocks, you know, mutual funds or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's maybe something that I want to do for sure. 2020 that I wasn't able to do this year or the year before mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, we live in such an era where it's easy to invest. There's so many apps nowadays where you could literally just put in $5 and watch it grow, you know, yeah cents a day or what, whatever whatever they say it is um i've seen a lot of bitcoin <laughs> yeah exactly well it's one of those things it's like n not nothing in life you already know for sure you know the only thing that you know for sure is that one day you're going to die mm -hmm. but whether you put your money into this and it doesn't do well at the end of it you learn from it true and the next right. time that you reinvest it into something else it's going to be a little bit better because you already went through the you know trials and errors of failing and stuff like that mm -hmm. Like if we knew that Bitcoin was going to be a big thing, you don't think every everybody in the world would have been mining back yeah. in, you know, in Hawaii right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't be doing this podcast. It would be like somewhere else doing it, right? Jesus, but it's one of those things. It's like if we knew what the right thing was, mm -hmm. everyone would be doing it. True. And one of one of the biggest things that, um, you know, my mom used to always tell me when when I was growing up that I'm just starting to understand now it's every good thing in life takes time mm -hmm. all the bad things in life are really quick and easy like mm -hmm. let's say this it's easier to go to jail than it is to get yourself out of that you know criminal justice scenario you know yeah. it's very easy to go to jail commit something wrong in less than two hours you could be handcuffed in the back of a car inside of you know jail cell yeah, yeah. you to get out of it it always takes a little bit longer so mm -hmm. i take those things into consideration where the sacrifice that you have to make to do great things in life, take time. The, mm -hmm. None of this can happen, you know, like this. Mm -hmm. Every every little thing, you have to kind of commit to it, kind of have to sacrifice something for you to be better yeah. that way. Because I, I don't think after I left high school till I was able to buy that place, if I was verging on, you know, buying great clothes and, you know, taking trips and stuff like that, I wouldn't have owned the place that I do now. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful because of it, because now I could actually, I, I see what hard work and sacrifice gets me. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, I'm going to use that, you know, till the day that I do eventually pass away. Um, right. But I feel like will always kind of better me and better, you know, my family situation, my own situation. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, doing these podcasts, I think are great because you kind of give back to someone that maybe might be going through the same thing mm -hmm. or, you know, someone, it, it could give someone a little bit more motivation to kind of <clears throat> themselves to be great. Yeah. And, you know, the whole, the whole thing of what they didn't teach you in high school, I wish that there was something out there where, you know, as soon as you're out of high school or while you're in high school, you could take classes where it's like how to file taxes, you know, Dude. Uh, right? Like I need to do all these episodes, I swear. <laughs> I mean, there, I mean, there's probably podcasts out there are probably classes out online about it but mm -hmm. when i was growing up i never saw any of that I, yeah. I, I left high school and i was like i'm free i get to do whatever i want and then before i knew it it's 
no, you have all these bills, you have all this, you have all that. And no one explained that to me uh, beforehand that I wish someone did. Yeah, definitely. Because you know? it, it definitely is a help when, when yeah. it comes down to the real world uh, experiences, the real world life. Um, that I hope, you know, podcasts like this could help other people strive. And, you know, I, I'm always one that loves to help people out with whatever situation they're in. Mm-hmm. Either whether it could be financially or just even, you know, like a hug or just even a simple conversation. I mm-hmm. think those things in life people value a lot more because mm-hmm. you know money comes and goes. Yeah, one day you can be very rich, one day you can be very poor, but the life experiences and the small um, two three minutes that you talk with someone, they could use that obviously for the rest of their life if they really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I, I'm super grateful about these podcasts. Um, cause I think they definitely serve a good purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to definitely, I need to pick it up and get some more. Um, I wanted to get a, like a tax person on here. Someone to explain taxes. I just didn't know if I wanted to get like a tax specialist or what I was going to do. Um, yeah. So I wanted to get a couple. That would uh, be a good idea. Yeah. I wanted to get a couple people on here too about cryptocurrency, but I just didn't trust anyone. <laughs> crypto is just like all scams i get messages every day from like 20 people so it's like, oh yeah you got to be careful with that yeah so i'm like i don't even know who to ask anymore at this point like <laughs> just like maybe i'll just wait no you, i mean you should definitely put it out there and see if anybody you know hooks or, or i mean interview them That's and if true. you think what they're saying is good you know make it worth it it's yeah. kind of like you know trial and error the only way you're actually going to get someone good is if you really mess up one day and you're like oh this person is terrible very true yeah. very true i should just start interviewing people yeah you should reading I mean, the podcast say don't invest i'm gonna have something pops up after it like don't Anchor. do investing no. it's the worst thing in the world <laughs> I, I, to be honest it, it's it's tough because i i remember hearing stories from a lot of the people who uh, lost their places during the whole mm-hmm. crash um yeah. because they thought they were investing well mm-hmm. but what they didn't understand is you can't you can't buy more than what you can chew kind of thing you know you 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 should only really invest in something if you for sure know that it's actually going to be good because uh, like i'll say this a lot of the people who who did the whole market crash and stuff like that they they would take out a loan and buy two places with it mm-hmm. you know which was a big no-no because mm-hmm. you know taxes on one place is different for another and, and most of the people there their uh what do you call them i guess their interests like the property value went down so they owed you know still eight hundred thousand. their monthly payments were like six grand seven grand whatever Mm -hmm. and then now the value of the house is like half that and Mm -hmm. whole economy is going down their jobs are going down and then you actually don't even have money enough to pay for the place yeah yeah that happens a lot i feel like that happens a lot in the bay too like well, a lot of people are just holding property though too in the bay you know oh like yeah in san francisco in san francisco i think they added the tax now for uh vacant buildings so if a property is vacant then tax then you get an extra tax really now as well so they're trying to yeah because they're trying to enforce people like there's you know how there's tons of stores that are just empty and vacant mm-hmm. um so they're trying to enforce or encourage the 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 owners to rent it out and everything so do you think that's beneficial though I think so, because I feel like I feel like the people are just holding it for appreciation. You know what I mean? Like they don't really give a shit. They're just like, like, like out of the country, they just have it, and they're like, okay, I'll just hold it for you know fifty years or whatever, and then give it to my kid, and they can do whatever they want with it. 
um you know they could sell it for 20 mil or whatever mm-hmm. um but while it's sitting here it's like dude you have this whole street that's completely closed with no stores on it. you know all the stores are closed there's no one here so it's like you know yeah i mean in a way it's trying to generate more income to the city more people living there more jobs to definitely kind of, uh fill in those gaps i guess you would say mm-hmm. i need more restaurants <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, do you have any uh, words of wisdom or anything like that you want to share? Um, overall, I would just say, regardless to what age you are, and I don't know what the viewers are going to be, the, you know, 15, 16, up to, I don't know, 50s or 60s uh, years old. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely for the younger crowd, I would definitely say stay grounded. Um, don't spend a lot of your money. Just wait for the right time to actually spend it. Um, a, a lot of A lot of great investors how they made their money is through i guess economy drops um i know a lot of people who for example with the whole puerto rico thing when they had um the whole state of emergency when you know the whole tsunami or whatever happened over there mm-hmm. um what they ended up doing was as soon as everything came down they just bought land a crap ton of land and they started building houses um because puerto everything was in puerto rico when they had the uh when they had the whole, what do they have? The tsunami? It was a tsunami or a flood or something. Yeah. So they just started buying land and re redoing a lot of the houses that were torn up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to the state, they look like heroes because they're like, oh, these people are trying to, um, trying to better, you know, aid, I guess you could say. But like realistically, yeah, yeah, realistically speaking, it's like, well, they're, they're going to own a good third of that, of the state, you know? Mm-hmm. And after all that's done, once the economy's back up on their side, it's people are going to start buying those places from them and they're going to make millions and millions of dollars because they bought it so cheap. So what I always like to say is hold your money. Don't spend it on dumb things. Realistically speaking, if you want to invest in real estate, have good capital. Um, so when something bad is to happen, you could actually jump right on it because that's what I saw my parents do. Um, they didn't buy anything before the market crashed. As soon as the market crashed, they just jumped on a lot of things and it worked out for their best interest. Cause no one, no one in this world wants to pay full price for something. Nope. If you can get yeah. a discounted price on it. Right. Yeah. So even if, even if, like I said, even if there's like a 1% drop, 2% drop, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll, you'll still be happy with it because you know that you didn't fully pay for it and you still have some money saved up to mm-hmm. put somewhere else if you really wanted to. So mm-hmm. uh, for the older people, I mean, for the, I guess, older crowd. Um, and if they're watching this, um, I mean, it's never too late. True. Um, Very true. With real estate investing, it's you don't. There's no age limit that you could do this. Um, everyone's situation, I understand, is a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just like I said, nickels and you know nickels and dimes. Just save everything up you have, um, and if you can find a great co-signer to go half on a place, someone that you really trust, you could do that. Um, if not, try doing it on yourself, but try not to spend your money on ridiculously stuff you know we see a lot of people on social media or that that spend a lot like a lot of their income on trips and you know luxury things which it's great to have but it'd be greater to have asset mm-hmm. that will actually pay for all those things instead of you paying that from your daily income <laughs> that you're doing you know working at excellent yeah. job right yeah so that that that's my best thing and Mm-hmm. yeah that's probably that's probably my best thing that i would probably recommend to anybody save your money and mm-hmm. invest at the right time uh-huh. sounds good sounds good yeah i definitely agree with that couldn't say it any better myself 
Thanks. All right, so cool, cool. Um, let's wrap it up then. Thank you guys for listening to What They Don't Teach You in School. Um, thank Miguel Lara. He's wonderful. I'm sure he'll be back on the show as well. So um, depends if they like me or not. You know. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see how the comments are and stuff. You know, might get a couple thumbs downs. We'll hey, see. you know, I mean, <laughs> like I said, not, nothing in this life is easy. So I mean, there's always people that that don't. Well, whatever I have to say, whatever you have to say, they're like, oh, it's you know, pointless, whatever. But you know what? <laughs> at least if at least it helped one person out, I'm okay sleeping at night. You know. Yeah. Because hey, hey, it helped me out. It helped me out. So you have a good sleep. You don't you don't count those. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, ATM, for having me. Um, like I said, I like I love these podcast things. I think they're great. Mm-hmm. I feel like people should actually listen to these and maybe get inspired, maybe get motivated. And you know, it's it's always nice to see it would be awesome to see someone actually see one of these and like they go out and do something. Yeah. And you know, look back and be like, Wow, you know, this really helped me out. So that's my whole goal behind all this. Um and I thank you for actually having me on here. Yeah, of course. Happy to have you. I, I will definitely have you back on here. My man. Thank you. Sounds good. Take care. See you.